Hi everyone, thanks for listening and tuning into this episode of Pump Fakes and Hot Takes. The week that this episode is coming out should fall on the 26th of January, um, which, uh, for those of you who know, is the one-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death. And if you know me, you know that I'm a huge Kobe fan, and not just because of you know his performance playing basketball, but just who he was as a person, the things he says in his interviews, and I found him to be a very inspiring and very well-spoken and thought-out person. Um, so on the one-year anniversary of his death, I would like to share with you one of the lessons that I learned from him. Or, yeah, one of the many le- lessons I've learned from listening to Kobe Bryant. Um, I hope it helps, and it is very simple. It is control what you can control. Um It sounds very simple when you kind of think about it or even say it, Um, but it's very effective in kind of its message. Um, We all have goals and and things that we're striving towards in life, and it's very easy to kind of get caught up in, you know, the outcomes that we want or how stressful the process is or, um, you know, whatever big picture that you're looking at, whether you're going to school and, and, you know, trying to figure out how to get the best possible results or applying for a job or even in your current job and or trying to see success in that. Um, it's very easy to kind of get lost in the weeds of what other people are doing, what other people are saying, as well as your own um, goals and where you want to be. Um, and the philosophy is very simple, just control what you can control um don't worry too much about what else is out there don't worry too much about um you know the outcome of the situation that you want or potential outcomes that you don't want just focus on the process control exactly what you can control um and more often than not you will get the results that you want and even when you don't get the results that you want, if you did do everything in your power to control everything that you can control, then you can live in peace knowing that you tried your absolute hardest. And also you probably would have found out exactly, you know, what went wrong. Then next time you'd be able to do even better and, you know, get that pers- get that outcome that you wanted. Um, so, as I said, very simple, control what you can control. And um, I guess RIP to Kobe Bryant, a hero of mine, a mentor of mine from afar. Um, let's get into this episode. Thanks, guys. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. All right, let's get it done. Welcome, 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 everyone, to episode seven of Pump Six. Uh, Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to episode 7 of Pump Fakes and Hot Takes. This is Chisom coming at you. With me today, we've got the zookeeper himself, Noble. Nah. And, <laughs> and this is my life. What can I say? We've got, you know what? It's me. Yep. And we've got Vino as well. How you doing today, guys? I'm good, bro. I'm good. As Noble says, IT support. So Vino, you see how you get you see how you get no titles? I just oh, want you to note oh. that. Mm, mm. In your place, you no, next fan. No titles. Like, like Man United <laughs> is going to get no titles this season. You can stay on the top of the league for your Ooh. three, four, five. No titles like Arsenal has known for how long? Don't talk to me, bro. When's your last Premier League title? When we went un- unbeaten. 
which no other team has ever done in history. Do you remember? Yeah. That? It, it, when you're alive, bro. Yeah, when we asked you who was your daddy and you said Arsenal. No, but I'm asking, was you alive back then? I don't think he was alive. I was alive. That's a long time ago. I was You're alive. Going back I was into the breathing. annals of history, bro. I was breathing. I was running up and down. I was doing all sorts of things, bro. Don't worry about me. <laughs> you dig? You dig? The man's ancient is what he's trying to say. Uh, how's exactly. everyone? How's everyone's weeks going? What's what's popping? Is, is there anything? Any news? No, but I know you're back in school. How's that going? First of all, they they got offended over here when you say school, you know. Uh, they really get offended. They're like, oh my god, what are you? Are you a pedophile? You go to school? No, you go to uni. That's how this stupid ass Brits think. Yeah? Yeah. I, well, I'm way, oh, wait. I mean, no offense to my British audience out there. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out love to all of y'all. <laughs> but no offense. Uh, listen to the podcast, you know. <laughs> We're inclusive over here, but yeah, no, yeah, uni's back this week, and uh, it's been okay, just been trying to figure out what modules are happening and stuff, getting used to the, uh, I have 5, 8 a.m., so, you know, that's fun, but. 5, 8 a.m., do you get to pick your schedule, and do you yeah, do that exactly. for yourself? No, no, you do not, you do not get to pick shit, no, they give you your schedule, while you just be happy about you it. You run with it. But yeah, it's going to be a fun semester, you know, 5, 8 a.m.s, 7 exams, and the dissertation. Whew. It I'm, will be fun. I know you'll be there for the exams. I don't know how many AMs you're actually going to be there for, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let me tell you all the truth. Yeah, I had five AMs last week. I made it to one. <laughs> and that one I got to by 8.20. I didn't get to it at 8 a.m. No, 8.20. And that was me saying, yes, I did it. How many times? That was the first one, right? <laughs> That was the first one, right? That was the first one. No, yeah. On Friday, it was like it was like after missing like five of them oh, in a row. Okay, like, okay. so that was the guilt. That was the guilt one. That's my limit. Yeah, it was just like, oh, my mom has paid all the school fees. Might as well. Yeah. Might as well. <laughs> I feel like I'm back to uni, bro. Why are they going to five eight a.m.? How does that make sense? Oh bro, man. How am I supposed to watch any game at all? I can't watch one game. One game goes to from twelve to two thirty. True. If I sleep by two thirty, it's really hard for me to be up in time for eight. Wait, you so guys sleep? Some Chinese guy. I mean, inclusivity, inclusivity. I'm not gonna go down that route. I should be watching. You said we love everybody. Did you just say, did you guys sleep? Yeah, you guys sleep, bro. Bull <laughs> is life, bro. I'm on a court till six a.m. Then I take a one hour nap. Nah, I'm playing. Uh, I have been watching a lot of games though. I've been watching a lot of games till late, and um, bro. Bro, there's been a lot of uh, surprises in the season so far, man. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, one of them that we could we could pretty much just start with the Nets just lost two in a row against the Cavs. Is that boy uh, Young Bull? Yep. Boy. Colin Sexton, the one of them, went off for forty two points. Lit Kyrie up because Kyrie was was guarding him for most of the game, especially that um, overtime. Yeah, how did they expect how that's. That's just sad, bro. You can't expect Kyrie Irving to take two weeks off. I come on guard, Colin Sexton. Who, to be fair, was coming back from an injury still, but still. Hey, listen, he's who's so explosive, baby? Who's number two? Ooh. Who's number two is getting retired? Huh? That's the question. <laughs> Colin Sexton is trying to get his number retired over Kyrie's. That's what he's trying to do. Mm. 
I mean, mm, okay. I mean, he has a long way to go before that, but still. Yeah. For, for Kyrie to come back and a man in... That's his first game um, against the Cavs. Bro, you just don't um, gloss over how he lit him up in the second game too. 11 assists, I think he had. Yo, yo like, the, we, we aren't even over the first game yet. We're, we haven't even gone over the first game yet. He had 20 straight points. 20 straight. Prime, in overtime. Like, that was bad in the second overtime. Bro, that's... Whew. Bro, maybe like, if Kyrie... clutch. He told the I whole think... team, come and stop me, and not a single person could produce. Yep. Oh, my days. He said Kyrie, KD, Kevin who? He don't give a fuck. He don't give a... I mean, we, this is a family show, so he doesn't give a flying fox rabbit about anybody. <laughs> I yep. love that mentality, bro. He doesn't give two dead dogs, bro. Kyrie, Kylie, give two dead whoever. Dogs. Cavs and two. Captain <laughs> <laughs> Hey, maybe that's how it's gonna be with this season, bro. We don't know, man. All these games getting postponed. Uh, yeah. But he still... told James Hardy to go eat some pizza rolls. Told Kevin Durant to go get his hair fixed. I told Kyrie to burn some more sage, bro. That was so disrespectful. I'm not gonna. He went for each and everyone. And while we're talking about that, let's not forget about Torian Prince and Jared Allen, bro. Jared mm-hmm. Allen, bro. Like. You could see the pain in his voice in his interview during the game when he when they were talking about him. He was like, I did not expect the business of the game. Brooklyn is where I made my life and everything. I understand it's a business, but at the same time, I don't get that. It's a business. So mm. this man came with a vengeance, bro. Yep. He came, bro. The way he dunked over some people, the anger yep. he put on that rim, bro. Bro, last night against uh, what's this? Uh, Joe Harris. Put that boy in a poster and turn back and say laughing at him. That's just that's cold. That's, no. <laughs> it was like you guys traded me. Watch. Imagine the okay. Wait, question now. Do you think the Cavs have playoff hopes? I feel like they feel like they do. They probably feel like they do because no. of this weekend. They're seven and seven. They're eight and I don't, seven. I don't think they do, but they they're eight and seven. Yeah. They must feel like they do because of this weekend, although I don't think... Uh, young teams have uh, a tendency to just kind of start hot and then cool cool off after a while. And I think that's probably was, what's going to happen to them. Yeah, but you know what? Of the games that I they have to win, they have games to win against easy teams, bad teams, and good teams. They've won games against good teams. Now they've got more games coming up against the easier teams. Mm. Who knows, bro? If they win them, who knows? But I don't think they will either. I think they're going to end up being... No, but let me tell bad. you why. Let me tell you why I say that they're going to have a good season. Because, first of all, it all starts from that big man, Andre Drummond. That guy is... This is his... This is basically his shopping season. He's selling himself because he's not going to stay in the Cavs past the season. Already. They're not going to keep him and Jared Allen together. Um, so he is trying to do his best. He's beasting. So he's doing as good as he's... He's doing as good as he wants to. Now, Colin Sexton and them boys, they've all come in here with something, a big chip on their shoulder. They play hard. Every team that plays hard usually ends up doing something good in the league. And now when you with this trade that they've made, they've brought in some guys who can really shore up their team. Like my man, Torian Prince, very soon, Chetty Osman is going to be on the bench, bro. Torian Prince is going to be their starter because there's no way you're telling me that he's not better. He's, you're right. He's Chetty such Osman. a good team player and he's... Chetty Osman is too erratic. 
No, you're right. You're right. I'm saying Adios Mo will be good off the bench. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Exactly, too, because of the way he attacks and stuff. And then Jared Allen, bro, that guy is making a case that he's going to be on the all-defensive team, bro, because this guy is a he's a presence. He's I'm not going to lie. It's looking like Rudy Gobert's contract should have gone to him. Wow. Yep. Right now, it's looking like that because he can do – no, wait. Just listen to me, yeah? He, I'm not going to lie. As good as Rudy Gobert is on the defensive end, Jared Allen is just as good, and he's better on the offensive end. So what are you telling me? You think so? That's my take. Hot takes. So, so Noble, Noble, my question to you. Where do you rank Jared Allen in centers in the league then? Huh, that's a tough one. Um, Pure centers? I'll, obviously, we have to put... Uh, I would say Embiid would probably be number one right now. Jokic has to be has been on the tier lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jokic, oh yeah, Jokic and B, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm um, to, you know what, I'll give it to Jokic actually, because Jokic has, Jokic does way too much, he, he influences the whole game, Jokic and B, Towns, I'm gonna put Towns in there, even though he has, yeah, exactly, I know he's injured and everything, but Towns is just a flat out star, um, Bam, and then, oh, you think, um, Bam, but Bam hasn't been as great this season as he was during the bubble, but what standards are we holding mm. for right now? What's that? What standards? What standards are you? Like if you people, if you hold everyone to bubble standards, then TJ Warren's trash, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. I think the the bubble was sort of. We spoke about this. Uh, uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, um, when Jason Tatum had that interview and he was talking about some guys were just playing different in the bubble. I think TJ Warren was probably one of those guys where it was perfect circumstance and everything was just perfect and he was able to have that phenomenal run. Yeah. But I don't I don't see him continuing it in like for the rest of this year or bring that kind of performance to the rest of this year. But think talking about see it. talking about Bam at a bio, yeah. Bam, he was an all-star last year, right? He made the all-star yep. game last year, averaging 16, 10, and 5. Right? With yeah. a steal and a block, basically. This season, he's averaging 19, 9, and 5 with basically a steal and a block. He hasn't really yeah. regressed at all from last season. If anything, he's he's better now. He's averaging, a, he's better from the field this season, shooting 60% from the field. And he's better from the free throw line. He's 86%. He was only 69% last year. Like, he's made a jump yeah. offensively. And I don't think he's worse defensively. I don't. I don't see how he's made any regression. He's playing a different position. Last season he played mostly power forward or a lot of power forward. This season he's playing a lot of center. But I think Bam is still ahead of Jared Allen, bro. Yeah, I'll put Bam ahead of Jared Allen. But yeah. then this is my question: Why is Rudy Gobert rated so highly? This is what. This is why I understand why Shaq is clowning him. Why is he rated so highly? I understand he's a defensive presence, but is he really that much more of a defensive presence than like Jared Allen, for example? That is my best example. Obama Debayo, who is a really huge, who is passionate. Like he might not have the length that Rudy Gobert does, but he does it with with action, with movement and stuff. Or like yeah. um. Even Joel Embiid, but no, I would say Rudy Gobert is a better defensive player than than um, Embiid. But he doesn't have any fundamentals. I don't see anything fundamental in this game. His hook shot is it is erratic. It doesn't have any go-to move that he does on the offensive end, except from the alley oop, which is someone else setting him up. 
I agree. You, always rely on someone you, can't, you can't say he doesn't have any fundamentals. He has a lot of fundamentals. He doesn't have any post game. I get that. But the problem is right. that's your if you're a center, you don't have any post game. Is it when you call when you talk about fundamentals, you mean fundamentals for your position, right? Yeah. You, you don't want any other fundamentals. Yeah. So as a center, you should have some way to score the ball in the butt in the bucket. I mean, but that then, doesn't rely on another person. We've seen Yo, he do you see his contract, bro? My man is getting forty almost forty mil. Yeah, here's the, I think the reason why he he got that contract is because he's I I don't think Utah has or is seeing anyone that they can attract yeah exactly that can anchor down their defense the way he does so if if okay so but he's not worth his contract he's not worth his contract to he's most teams match, I think he's right? worth it to to Utah he's got a full match, if, right. I don't think he gets that same contract if he was with like the Clippers or the Bucks or any of the teams that are contending no right now. No but then Utah, you look at Utah. When was the last time Utah was Chisum. in like was in the conversation to land a big free agent? Chisum, how much better do you think Rudy Gobert is right now than DeAndre Jordan was in his prime with the Clippers? I think they might be around the same. Maybe I think they might be around the same. If honestly, you're, if you're saying they're around the same. DeAndre Jordan never got paid that sort of money. They saw it as, yeah, we want to keep this guy, but if he goes, he was going to go. Know by league standards, he never, came, he never got a max. He, got, never got a max. he, he almost he did. Like, he got close to it. Remember, remember the, the fiasco with, um, with Dallas? With, with Dallas. He, he got 21 mil that year, I think. That's not a max. Yeah. That wasn't a max then. Then the max was something like 27. No, that was like that was just above mid that was above mid level. No, he, no, no. he wasn't getting paid star, star money. Like Rudy Gobert getting paid. The star money. Rudy Gobert is getting paid MVP money. Yeah, like that's what exactly to you to Utah. They must be seeing him as well. This is our life, like our lifeline, pretty much. Maybe not lifeline, but then we're not going to get a player like this in free agency. Um, yeah. Chances are we're not going to be able to trade for someone like this. So we're going to do whatever we need to do to lock this guy up, and yeah. that means giving him a max contract. I don't think he's he would get that money anywhere else but in Utah. But Utah for like to keep him, they have to give him that kind of, they have to give him that kind of money just so he doesn't leave in free agency. And then now they're stuck starting from ground zero again trying to build around Mitchell. Well yeah, well bringing it back to the topic, the Cavs, I think yeah. they have playoff hope for the future. I think Sexton's a baller when he wants to be. I think Garland can be in consi- a consistent playmaking point guard, which is something that they need. I think they've got people battling for that three position. Torian Prince isn't that old. He can stay there for a few years if they can convince him that they got a project going. And Chetty Osman, I think, is a nice backup to solid starter on a good team. And then you've got... I really like Larry Nance Jr. You've still got Kevin Love. Kevin Love can be an asset. He's on too much money, yeah, but he can be an asset. Sometimes people look too much at how much a player is getting paid more than... Kevin Love is just a coach at this point. I'm not going to lie to you. He's looking like he's going to become the next Phil Jackson. Who knows? But, bro, Kevin Love right now, if he can come back from his injury and average 15 and 8 next season. And stretch the floor. And stretch the floor. Then that's something that's valuable, bro. He's he's an older guy. He's a veteran. Yeah. And even though he's getting paid 30 million, yeah, he won't be worth it. But you might as well keep him until the end of his contract to teach these young guys. You can't trade him anyways. Yeah, to teach these young guys. And then you've got a battle at the center. The Cavs have a future. They, they do have a future, and it's looking but very good. There is Garland and Colin Sexton. This is name got shit. And Jared Allen. That's a young core. Yeah. What do they do with What do they do with Andre Drummond? Do they let him walk, 
or do they trade him? Because the thing is, not many people will give them a lot for him because they know he's a free agent. They don't need a lot, though, because he was already walking anyways. Yeah, so anything you can get on top of it is just, uh, I think, the cherry on the icing on the cake or whatever whatever the saying is. What do you think the maximum they can get for Drummond is? Maybe a couple of picks, like two, three picks max. Two second rounders in the first. For a free agent? You don't think the team like a team like maybe um, the Clippers or maybe uh, Portland sees themselves having a problem with Nurkic because of all of his injuries and they want to get some cover. You don't see a team like that offering uh, maybe their sixth man or something like that. Maybe uh, like- Carmelo, a player like that on the on the Blazers or Covington. You don't see them giving a Covington or something like that. The reason why I don't think they'll give up a Covington or someone of that stature is just because he, like, if he had one more year left on his contract, if he was like a one and one, like a one and a player option, I think they'll keep him. Sorry, they'll give they'll give up more for him. But in this situation, it's literally after the season he he becomes free agent. Mm. So how much am I going to give you for a guy who could potentially walk after the end of the season? Yeah. Well, yeah. bro, and a lot of good teams don't need a big like uh, Drummond who needs the ball in the post. So does Drummond does, does Drummond end the season as a uh, as a Cavalier? As a, I think so. I think so. Unless unless a team just like really really needs a big and then it'll be interesting a... to see where he goes in free agency, man. Yeah, um, but then like on the other side of the of that Cavs game, there was the Nets and the Nets defense. Mm. I feel like everyone has been talking about it for the past couple of days, but that defense is porous as hell. Because <laughs> they'll, they'll work it out. <laughs> I mean, they'll work it. I think they can work it out. But the problem is, who are the defensive players on the team? Because with every team that has that that's good on defense, you can point out a couple of guys and be like, okay, he's a defensive star. He's a defensive star, or at least close to being a defensive like star. The guys who drive, yeah, defensive engines of a team. Every yeah. team needs one. Every championship team needs one. Yeah. Right. So right now, I'm assuming that they're hoping is DJ, but they're not even mm-hmm. paying him enough minutes, minutes to, to be that defensive stopper. He can't be that guy, and he's too old to be that guy. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's not. He doesn't have the bounce he once did. So I'm, And he's bullied. He's being bullied a lot like he... I watch him and he makes me wonder. Like I'm like, is this the same DeAndre Jordan who went to the Clippers? I think it's when he went on his vegan diet. I don't know, you know, vegans. I'm not trying to disrespect nobody, but my man went to the vegan diet, slimmed down. I suppose he was supposed to be more athletic, and now he just gets bullied on the paint. Yeah, I mean, centers are bullying him. He's supposed to be a center, but he looks more like a power forward. Drummond and uh, and Allen were eating his food the other day, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm just how can you be? How can you have DeAndre Jordan and then you have rebounding issues? It really, it's not supposed to make sense. They're leaving, they're yep. leaving him, but that's they're not leaving, DeAndre Jordan anymore. They're leaving him all on his own. The you can see if you watch the games, you'll see all three of the guys are trying to leak out, bro. Maybe James Harden's trying to stay back for a rebound, but KD and Kyrie are trying to leak out for the transition buckets and stuff like that. They're losing out on their own defensive board. It's not the offensive board they're losing out on. They're losing out on, in that. But that doesn't make sense. So, but it really doesn't make sense because if you think about it, they're so offensively talented that if, no matter what, in every half-court set, they would still beat the other team. They'll be the favorites to win every single time, to get a good point every single time, go to three stars. But bro, so it makes more sense to 
stay back, box out, make sure you secure the rebound, and then you can go down and initiate your offense and still fuck them up because you have three guys plus Joe Harris and maybe Jeff Green or DeAndre Jordan. Like, that's just, I'm sorry, but on offense, that's on 2K, no one's allowed to use that team yep. for a reason. Listen, yep. I agree with you, and their defense is porous. They need to work on it. But they aren't gelling offensively yet to the maximum that they can. It's going to take some time. The, even the Heat, when they had their big three, it took some time. It's going to take some time. Yep. The only issue with this right now is that Kyrie's doing erratic behaviors, all of this stuff. James Harden looks happy now. Let's hope it stays that way. And then KD is not really a vocal leader. So James Harden, a guy who's just turned up to the team. Kyrie, a guy who I'm sure, he may have the team's respect and everything, but I'm sure there's at least something, something hovering over his head with regards to what's happened. And then KD, a guy who doesn't talk that much, as much as the leader of your team needs to, it's difficult yeah. to get into a groove straight away, so they're going to take some time. On defense, they are what they are. I don't think they're going to improve much, maybe a bit. But they should be able to outscore their defense on most nights, as you said, Noble. And if they do that, then they'll win. But in playoff basketball, they'll be fine because their defense really suffers in transition, really suffers in transition. There's not that much in yeah. playoff time. In playoff time, when it's when it's five on five, just blocks... You're in one half, then you're in the other, and you're just going through the cycles. It takes time for defenses to kind of adapt. Even in the early in the season, yeah. it takes time for defenses to adapt. And in the playoffs, they'll be fine. By that time, they should have worked it out. It's just a rough start. It's all right. Yeah. I, th I think it's a rough start, but then when you start looking at potential uh, playoff matchups, uh, one of them that stands out would be the 76ers, who are currently sitting at number one in the East. Um, one, do you think the 76ers can keep that number one spot the entire season? And two, do you how do you think they fare against, or how do you think the Nets fare against Embiid? Do you remember what my ranking was on, uh, in that episode? I think it was last episode or the episode before. I was just... Yeah, I was just listening to you. I think you had uh, the 76ers either at number two or number one. Yeah, I think they're a regular season team, bro. <laughs> I think they're a regular season team. I was just going to thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying because I was just going to say that, bro. At the end of the day, playoff time, yeah. When you have five players on the court and three of them happen to be Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, Except the other team, the only way you're going to... And you can sag off of Ben Simmons. Yeah, so the only way you're going to beat a team like that is with really, really strong, principled basketball. Because you're not going to beat them with talent. I'm sorry, that's the most talented team that you're ever going to see in front of you. And the Philadelphia 76ers do not have the principle or defense yet to face that. I mean, they're good and they're relying on um, Joel Embiid and he's, he's beasting and stuff, but Embiid is a very emotional guy. Let us He hasn't proved it to anyone yet. We haven't seen it pushed against the wall and he's come through. So, um, James Harden has done that, not to the best of abilities. Kyrie Irving has done it to the, to the highest level. Kevin Durant has done it to the highest level. So, I'm sorry. Come playoff time, I my money is on Brooklyn. Alright, but then... Like, just looking at, at the 76ers, they're actually doing all of this, like, first place in the in the East while, like, missing out on their starting two guard um, in Seth Curry. 
And Ben Simmons is actually, this is the lowest usage rate of his career so far. So he's doing a lot less on the court and it's leading to more success. Maybe not a lot less, but significantly less on, on the court and leading to more success for the team. So, I mean, I don't know what that says about him, but then the, their defense looking pretty good, fifth in the, fifth in the league, and they're leading the, the league in blocks right now. Mm. So I think... I th- I think maybe they can make that jump to just from just being a regular season team to actually being a really good playoff team. Because I Look, think I if just, they can figure it out, they could be a f- they could be really fun to watch in the playoffs. I might regret saying this at the end of the year, but I think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are a bad combination in the playoffs when it comes to winning games because they just remind me of Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry back in the day. Kyle Lowry has had success since then, and you can see DeMar DeRozan, he's become a better player since then as well. Like, just together, they're not good. Because you see every single year, Ben Simmons, is a, it, it's tough to keep him as your primary option in the playoffs, so you can't do that. Because people will just sag off, give you space, clog up the paint. You could even run it. One of the few teams in the NBA that you can run a zone defense against is the Sixers. Because you can just leave the top of that key pretty much open most of the time. And you can run. And because of that, that clogs the lane and that makes it so much harder for Embiid to do anything. It's just not a good combination because even then, when Embiid tries to do too much, you can see the sweat all dripping down his forehead in the games and shit. <laughs> and then he starts jacking up threes and clanging them front, right, left, anywhere but the middle. Listen, I love Embiid, but when the pressure's on and the threes are flying... That's every player has their settle mode. That's kind of his settle mode. That means he's completely settled and he's just he's basically heaving them. And he goes into that way too much. You need you need a more composed player to get you through those situations. And if you don't have that player, like the Nuggets don't have that individual player that they just rely on. Like you can say it's Jokic, but then Jamal Murray Mm -hmm. does just as much in clutch moments. So yeah. They divide and conquer, but for that to happen, you need players who complement each other. And I don't think they have that. Yeah, so as I said, I was reading something the other day and someone asked, how much better is is, uh, Ben Simmons than prime Draymond Green? And I know the initial reaction, you want to say Ben Simmons is definitely better than prime Draymond Green. Yes. But then, yeah. nah, Prime Draymond Green is better. Nah. Is better? I don't know if he's better, but then it just... The, he can shoot three. The fact that he can shoot. <laughs> and he did it with like, a backpack on. <laughs> like, that's the only thing that I'm just like, if Ben could actually... Anything Ben Simmons could do, Dream, Prime Dreamer Green could do, and he could shoot threes. Bro, you don't tell me nothing. No, Prime Dreamer Green. Like, the heart and soul of their... Of their legendary season. Prime Draymond Green can't handle the ball and slash the way that Ben Simmons can. Ben Simmons can create yeah. his shot at the rim. Draymond Green isn't really... He doesn't do it I mean, No, but I mean... Sorry, sorry, let me, okay, let, let, let me, let me, react, let me re, restate that. In a team setting, who is more valuable to a team? Prime Draymond Green. Who would I want in a team? So, okay, hold up. If you put... Ben Simmons in place of Prime Dream on Green on that Warriors team. We're just going to like a two minute, a, a quick tangent here. If you put uh, Ben Simmons on that Warriors team with Steph, Clay, and let, let's say Harrison Barnes, not KD, 
do you think it's like it's still as good? Seventy-four and, and eight. You think that was seventy-four and eight? <laughs> seventy-four and eight. One more. <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen. They'd just be better, bro. They'd be a better team. You can say seventy-four and eight. You can say seventy-five and seven. Whatever you want to say, they'd be a better team. That's all that I know. Because the thing is, yeah, Ben Simmons can't shoot. But Ben Simmons does what Draymond Green does when it comes to playmaking. But then, if he doesn't yeah. have an option, Draymond Green would jack up a jumper. And yeah, he was making them back in those days. But even then, it was not a shot that you wanted to see. And that says a lot. Ben Simmons will put it on True. the floor and he will get his bucket at the rim. He'll dunk it. He'll do something. And you don't understand how big these things... He, he can make big momentum plays. He can make plays that in the playoffs... If you, that's why I said Ben Simmons isn't a bad playoff player. He's a bad playoff player with Embiid. Because if you put him on that Warriors team, where he do, it doesn't matter that he doesn't provide spacing. Because even if they double off of him, he will drive in and dunk on you. True. Yeah, I, th- I think Ben Simmons is better. Is It was just like a weird like thought experiment just because Ben Simmons, as, as good as he's advertised to as being right now, Mm-hmm. There's just something that's missing. Or maybe not something that's missing. I just don't feel like he's improved very much since his rookie year. I agree with that. Yes, his feel for the game is amazing, but then it's pretty much been amazing since his college days. Mm-hmm. His rebounding, his passing, like those gifts like he's had since he came into the league. But then if you're talking about, you know, like what's what new skills, what what have you added to your game since you got into the league? And yes, you've gotten stronger. You've gotten a little better on defense, but like offensively, you haven't had like you haven't added anything to your, to your existing package. And I agree like, with you, bro. I think I said something similar in the last episode or in one of the previous episodes because we were talking about Ben Simmons, and I, I've had this feeling for a while that he's he's been stagnant, and I don't know if that's because sounds crazy, but I don't know if that's because he reached his ceiling or if it's because he just doesn't have the drive to improve. Because the thing is, in this rookie year, he came in averaging, I think it was 17, 8, and 8 or something like that. And more than numbers, the impact he had on the game, I think he has a very, very similar impact on the game now. I don't think that's changed very much. So it's hard for me to look at him in a different light. I think Ben Simmons does pretty much exactly the same thing in a game of basketball right now that he did about four years ago, three years ago, when he was drafted. More or less, yeah. He's just a little bit, maybe slice, maybe um, cleaner with the, like the cuts and stuff and the finishes and stuff. Yeah. But it's more or less the same. I don't know if that's because he drive or if that's because with the game that he has and his inability to shoot threes or shoot anything for that matter, he just, he's reached his ceiling, bro. It happens sometimes. Honestly, I think if he doesn't develop a jumper, maybe he has. Because if you look at his point total, points, rebounds, total, it's like 15, 16, 16, and this year 12. Um, rebound totals 8, 8, 7, 8. Assist totals 8, 7, 8, 8. It's like literally this guy's just been as consistent as possible for the past four years. But then that also means no improvement for the last four years. So. I mean, he has to shoot, bro. He really has to. I mean, it's you're a basketball player, and that's one of the biggest parts of basketball shooting, especially at the point at the guard position. Mm. You have to. Mm. 
on some level, bro. And if you're not, you have to be so much better at what you're doing and what you are. Like, you can't be giving us these numbers that you're doing. Yeah. Because come playoff time, you, you just you need that extra dimension to your game. It doesn't have to be amazing to start. It just has to at least mm-hmm. be there. Because Draymond Green... Yeah, because imagine, if people know what you're going to do, they're just going to sag off you. Yeah. Because back when we, we, we were talking about the like him comparing him to Draymond Green a little bit, it's like, with Draymond, you could sag off him but at the very least you know he will take the shot even like he he shot at a good percentage but even now he's not shooting a great but then you know he'll still shoot so like you just still have to kind of respect the pump fake a little bit but with with ben there's there's just nothing there going from the top of the east to the top of the west we're looking at utah uh, yeah. A few episodes ago, me and Vino were clowning Utah. Maybe not clowning. We, we, we were skeptical about Utah. Not sure if they were going to make the playoffs. And now they're sitting at number two. Uh, like, can anyone explain to me exactly what the fuck is going on in Utah? Cause... Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy. Nah, actually, it's more of, it's been more of a Donovan Mitchell, I swear to God. Nah, they're just they're a good team. Mitchell, they're, they're a regular season team as well. They can enjoy themselves. Oh, my <laughs> Yo. Why is Matt so aggressive with his label? <laughs> yeah, everyone's a regular season team, man, except for the Knicks. Nah, the Knicks, the Knicks are a regular season team, team as well. You think we're going to do anything in the playoffs? We're going to get clapped. <laughs> so, but then the only reason why I don't think Utah is a, my, or the reason I'm doubting that they're a regular season team is just because of what Donovan Mitchell did his rookie year against OKC with Westbrook and Paul George. Hey, hey, okay, no. <laughs> Why you just like to use my team as a reference? Why? I just, I just it was, it was just that so many phenomenal moments. So many isn't phenomenal moments at a time. Isn't that the one that broke off? Um, broke up their first uh, attempt at a big three after KD leaves, and then they sent them packing, and they sat like bombs at home watching the rest of the playoffs on TV. Yeah, it, it was the first crack, because then the second one was the. Uh, I have a question, though. I have a question. Yeah. That season, what about your teams? Where was the Lakers and the Knicks that season? Lakers that season? Oh, we we, we had injuries to LeBron. Oh, he's so waffling. We, we he's, waffling. he's waffling. Okay. H- however... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Your, your niggas didn't even make the playoffs. Why are you out here making comments? I'm, I'm just... Why are you out here making... I, I was trying to prove a point about Utah. And the you took is, this point. <laughs> the Knicks lived up to the expectations that were set for them. Your team mm. did not live up to the expectations that were set for you. Yeah, multiple times. And now, and now, look, look, <laughs> look at what what was supposed to be a big three is now is now with the net. Come on! Imagine you, you could have had Presti. those guys on your team, on your team in Presti. We trust. Yes. <laughs> Now look at you. <laughs> okay, let me, it wasn't our fault. Okay, the only trade that we fucked up in was the James Harden one. We didn't take it out. But, I mean, everything else it just it just happened the way it did. Baby, Yo, it's a new year. It's a new year. I want to stop cheating on you. Please take me back. This is OKC fans right now. To. <laughs> to get... 
<laughs> to KD's burner accounts. You don't want big cash back. You can go fuck off. Yo, if if KD wanted to sign a right now, you take him. In the middle of his head. You take him back still. Island cat in the middle of his head. I ain't want. They ain't want shit. Yo, even even if he passes through like fifteen teams, he still you still want him back. Yo, Mm-mm. but you know what? Lou Dort is actually is this turned into a baller, bro. Yeah, I think he could be the yeah, next. Uh, I think he's he's the next Andre Robertson. Ooh, 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 ooh! Wow, wow, wow! I'm sorry, man. Who are y'all going the Knicks for you to make all this kind of noise? I mean, you have to have a reason. Where's your confidence coming from, RJ? Who? RJ Barrett. RJ, he would be the big three. The big three. Who's the big Yo, three? The big three of Mitchell Robinson, Mitchell Robinson, RJ Barrett, and Julius Randle, bro. Yo, Boom. that's that's the big three in the East that everyone should be talking about. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, tough. <laughs> That's the real team in New York. Don't forget Alex Burks is coming back now as well. Foul, I guess six six fouls in five minutes. Mm. It's fine. Alex Burks coming score twenty points and roll his ankle. I can sit out for another twenty games. Yeah, that man's injury history. Most of Snapchat videos get sixteen points a day. Never, we got never hear from him again. Listen. Yeah, you guys are just media. You guys are just media highlights, bro. All you do is do one highlight every five games, so people don't forget the Knicks, and then y'all disappear again. Kobu, for the first time, I can say the success. My team's gonna be the playoffs this year. Your team is not. Watch it. <laughs> Your team is not gonna be in the playoffs, bro. I'll say that with chess. And I also say this with chess. This is gonna win a ring for New York. Okay, so he's going to want to ring with the you. Control chest. Okay, cool. Yes. Say no more, bro. Are you trying to go? Are you trying to sabotage right. the Knicks? Bro? I, don't, okay. and I don't know why your link is at over there. Just over there, just looking at nibbling down on us. Are, are, you, are you trying to sabotage the Knicks? Bro? Go not Wait, hold up. The Lakers, the Lakers win uh, two rings every 10 years, bro. Just think about it. Two, at least two rings every 10 years. Listen, we're not here to talk about our own favorite so, team. We're not, we're not here to talk about our own favorite yeah. teams. No one, no one wants to hear about the Lakers. Okay? No. No, 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 no one wants to hear about uh, about wins and victories and no, all that no, kind of okay, stuff. Championships. Okay, no one. No, no, bro. You're boring. We'll, we'll return to, to, to the regular schedule. <laughs> <laughs> we'll return to our regular scheduled programming. And, and I guess... This is the second time we've tried to talk about Utah, and it's just not—it's not catching. But I guess on to the next thing. Because Utah's a regular season team, bro. They're regular, (laughs) and I think in the playoffs they're gonna get to the second round and they're gonna get bounced. They don't have what they don't have what they need yet. Matt Conley isn't the point guard that they need. They have a center. Rudy Gobert's getting paid too much, but he's a good player in the end of the day. Donovan Mitchell is a great scorer to have in there. They still have Boyan Bogdanovich, if I'm not wrong. He's a nice little player to have at the three. They need to find a proper, consistent two. Right now, they have Jordan Clarkson, right? Uh, I think Jordan Clarkson come off the bench, and they have Ingles. 
Ingles. Up to two. See, that's that's a good solid lineup. All they need, the only thing they need is one, um, one probably power forward on their team. Or Millsap. Yeah, I know they have Paul Millsap, but I don't. No, no, no. Millsap is on the Nuggets. What am I doing? Sorry, yeah. I, I don't think that they have what they need at the power forward spot. Because right now, who do they have there? I don't know. Royce, no, it's not Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal is a small forward. Nah, exactly. Oh, they need a they need a front court partner for Rudy Gobert. Even if they get Blake Griffin, I think that's an asset. I think Blake Griffin can do a job there. But they need someone there. Griffin? No. Blake Griffin... Blake Griffin can space I mean, enough. Yeah, Who? but uh, I don't know. Do you want to take on Blake Griffin's contract, though? He's only got two years left, right? No, that's too much on the book. Yeah, He's only got two years left, right? And if you if you go into win-now mode, you take two years of Blake Griffin and see what happens. It's not that bad. Yeah, but then if it doesn't work out, are you going to be able to uh, move that contract after a year? But bro, you have to take risks. Otherwise, you risk losing the window that you have with these players. True. Very true. Paul Millsap yeah. is not in the same... Paul Millsap is not in the same timeline as these players, but he's not good enough to accelerate their timeline either. I think Blake Griffin might be just about good enough to move their window up a little bit and make them just about good enough to be contenders. Not Maybe if it's not Blake Griffin, it could be someone like a... a even a Larry Nance Jr. They get someone like that off the bench. They just need some strength at the four. I mean, I like the I like the Larry Nines Jr. Um, suggestion, just because I think he brings enough of what they need. So like a four that could space the floor, is good on defense, just has his hands everywhere. He's leading the league in deflections this year, um, mm-hmm. so he's just I, I think he could he could be just what they need. Now will Cleveland give him up? I mean, that's to be. They were about to trade him a couple of times already. Yeah, I don't think they really have. I mean, I, well, I don't know. Let's see. Now they're trying. Now they think they have playoff, playoff hope, so it might be different. Yeah, illusional. I mean, and also the the Denver Nuggets are beginning to to get going. They've finally gotten back Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, I expect them to be good. Yeah, and they're not like they're out of their last ten. I believe they're seven and three. So they lost Jeremy Grant. That's going to be Nuggets a big are, They're getting back into form. They've lost Jeremy Grant and they're trying to replace him now. Michael Porter Jr. is filling a lot of those minutes. And yep. now that he's back, that's a big, big thing for them now. Before, they could afford him being out because remember, he was out for a whole year before with them because they had other players in that position. They've lost some of their depth there. They need him, but they've got him back now. So... I think they're going to be good. They're going to make it second round, yeah. conference finals maybe. They'll be fine. But the Lakers are going to win the West. Yeah, I think they, they do similar to, to what they did last year in terms of yeah. um, that deep playoff run, especially if they get some good matchups too in the first in that first round. Mm. I mean, I don't think I don't think any team is, is looking forward to, to facing Denver anyways. I don't think a team mm. is like, oh yeah, we, we want Denver. It's just, nah, it, it's, it's not a matchup you want. But you know what? Let me let me give you something. Maybe this will uh, link with our with our next um, our next topic of discussion as well, and that's the the return of Kristaps Porzingis. Because I think the Mavericks are a really good matchup for the Lakers. Because think about it, they've got a solid power forward to match up with AD. 
that's a Porzingis AD is a very interesting matchup. Porzingis has bulked up a little bit. AD will get him physically, but Porzingis has better range, and Porzingis can do more off the bounce than AD can. He's going to be a problem for AD to guard, and Luca and LeBron is an interesting matchup. Even though LeBron will mess up Luca, like Luca will not be able to guard LeBron. Tim Hardaway Jr. probably will have to be on LeBron, but LeBron's going to guard Luca most likely. Yeah, and I think them going back and forth at each other is really interesting as well. I think they probably have, out of the other teams in the West, I think the Mavericks have the best chance. I still think that like the the best matchup against the Lakers might still go to the Clippers, um, just because Kawhi, Paul George, they have a couple of bigs, but then definitely the Mavericks also like are a threat there, just because another like they've got a playmaker. Like a, an amazing playmaker in in uh, Luca, they've mm. got shooters around him. They've got uh, they've got the big in in Porzingis that could take over if Luca goes off the floor. It's just mm-hmm. I, I need I need to see Porzingis in in more games and just be more healthy. Maybe not be more healthy, but like because I mean he can't control that personally. But I yeah. think I just need to I need to see more of him to, to see to, more. I yeah. get that as a Knicks to, fan. However much I hate that guy, because he left us, and it's sad, he is a very, very, very good power forward in the league. He's probably one of the top four, top three power forwards in the league. And yep. if not top two, maybe, by the end of the season, you'll be able to see maybe. But I believe in him. I think him and Luca is deadly. And I think the fact that they've got Tim Hardaway Jr. there, who's now, just now, trying to show a bit more consistency. And who do they have running the point? Um, honestly, Luca I don't even know who Luca runs point, but I don't know who they just have. You know, I like running... Jalen Brunson too. I like. Yeah, they they have Maxi Kleber still. Uh, yep. I like. Um, what's this guy's name with the dreads? Willie Colley Stein. Yeah, I was gonna say they've got good strength in the front court alongside Pozingis yes. with Colley Stein as well. It's yeah. they've got a very good, well assembled team, and I think that they've got potential this season. They could win yeah. a championship if they really. Get a, a lucky, not lucky, you, but if you they know, go I, on a historic run. Yeah, I was watching the uh, the JJ Reddick podcast, the the old man and the three. Yeah, and he had uh, JJ Berea on there. Yeah, and JJ Berea was talking about how he he so far he doesn't take think Luca takes the the game seriously. And he was like, really? yeah, like he's still eating like like a teenager would. He's I don't think he like he focuses as much as he should in in like film study, and like he was just like mentioning like so many areas for growth for Luca, and he's like, that's when he's he'll be ready to take the next step, and I was like, bro, he hasn't taken the next step yet, so like yeah. now I'm like, kind of scared because if this is him, if this is how he's playing while quote unquote not taking it seriously, bro, Luca's. Like he's already a problem. I can only imagine how much more of a problem he'll be in a yeah. But then you got a question: years. Why is he not taking it seriously? It's just he's a young European, bro. Like it's just what it is. Like the same same thing happened with um, uh, Dirk when he first came. It was like you're coming from Europe, bro. Like you, you're chilling, you're by the beaches. There's no such thing as like a real winter, you know. And then now you're over here, yeah. you're still schooling all these old men anyways. It's Actually, just Luca when you're ready to take that leap. 
Yeah. Ruka knows about Roll so Winters. <laughs> True. Yeah, but it's just like the, the lifestyle is different, like the mentality is different. And I assume once you get older and you if he doesn't win a championship, you know, next two, three years, or maybe not two, three, like four or five years, and now there's that push from everyone and push from management to, to win the championship now. Or once you get into that win now mode, then it's like maybe that's when he takes that next step and you just see those insane numbers and yeah, I'm I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. That's dope, bro. Yeah. Um, I mean, in other like smaller news, the the Raptors let go of Alex Len. Uh, so Alex I, Len I, is I, he's there for someone now. Some one yeah. good team is gonna take him. Maybe the Clips should take him. Oh, the the, the Wizards already picked him up, but oh, they already picked him up. Yeah. Oh goddamn! Okay. Yeah. So it's like, I, I think the Raptors might make a move just because they they just cleared open a roster spot by letting go of Len. Yeah. So, because he wasn't a like a a, a a veteran minimum deal. So yeah. The fact that they they let him go, I think they might be they might be looking to to make a trade sometime soon. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you guys have any any other topics to to get into, or should we do the the uh, random team updates? No, not really. But the Knicks, are, the Knicks are um, the Knicks are winning. That's the start and the end of that topic. Just gotta say the Knicks are winning, <laughs> and I said from the start of the year they're gonna make the playoffs. I'm gonna say every episode until it happens. We're gonna be a playoff mm. team. Now I wanted to talk about the Chicago Bulls because not mm. a lot of people are talking about them. They were supposed to be trash, trash, and right now they're sitting at seven and eight. The they're being competitive. They've won three in a row. Uh, Zach Levine is averaging 27. Wendell Carter is balling out. Kobe White is having a good year. I think the uh, I think the Bulls are one of the biggest um, what ifs. Not what ifs, like one of the biggest um, scenarios that we're gonna watch going forwards. Because I think Larry Markkinen is a. Uh, He's a very good player. Like he's having a good season. He's almost 50, 40. He's 50, 40, 85 from the uh, shooting splits, pretty much. Wow. And he's averaging 19 and 7. And then Kobe White's averaging 16 and 6. So the 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 players who before were underperforming are now performing. That's Wendell, that's Laurie, that's Kobe White. And Zach Levine stepped up his game a little bit as well. I think they might be a problem when it comes to the lower end of the playoff teams. But we'll see. Who, which team have you have you chosen to speak about? I guess. Uh, I I picked Memphis. Right. Yeah, and for me, it was just like looking at the start of the season. They started off the season slow as hell, but mm-hmm. right now they're currently on a five-game win streak. And you look at their team, the, the people that they have performing. You, you've got like your, you still have Ja Morant there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Who. I mean, everyone knows who Jai is, or if you don't know who Jai is, just amazing second-year player, one rookie of the year last year. You've got Dillian Brooks and Valanchunas. And, like, those are the names that you kind of expect. Okay, Mm. and then you've got Brandon Brandon Clark, who is a second-year player as well. Last year, I was reading reading up on him. Last year, he made 60% of his floaters, and he's a center. I don't know how a center is hitting floaters at that percentage. It's fucking insane. No, Brandon Clark is a bowler. 
a seven footer hitting floaters at that at that rate is insane. Um, mm-hmm. he's, you've got Xavier Tillman, who I was reading like in an article they were describing him as the next Jamon Green, and watching mm-hmm. him play is actually insane because this guy. He makes those kind of quick decisions that you expect from Draymond yeah. and, and passes of that nature. And he's yeah. a very, very similar body type. Only thing is he's just way more athletic than Draymond is. Yeah. Um, and he's shooting it pretty decently from deep. He's guarding anywhere from the two to the five. And then you've got this kid, Desmond Bain, who's a rookie and is shooting 48% from three. Mm. It's just like... Ungodly, you still have Good Tyus girl. Jones uh, coming off the bench. They can maintain it though. I mean, I don't. At some point, they're still missing Jaron Jackson. Yeah, they're still missing Jaron Jackson. They still got Jason, uh, Grayson Allen there, giving shooting. You know, thirty six percent from deep, and Gorgie Jeng. Gorgie Jeng is shooting forty four percent from three, which makes no sense. Which, so some of those yeah, numbers, I, ex- <laughs> I expect to come down to earth, or, or, or like regress to some kind of mean. But at least for now, they are they seem to just be on a hot, hot on a white hot streak, mm. and I, I assume when Jaron Jackson comes back, that'll probably give them another jump. Um, so you know, if they're able to maintain this streak for a little longer, and then they get that extra boost from Jaron Jackson, maybe they might be able to propel themselves into the playoffs, and you know, at that make the playoffs. I don't think they'll be able to knock out you know a one or a two seed. But then they're definitely a good team to watch on a, a night where there's you know three four games and you know none of the none of the top teams are playing that night. So I'll definitely put yeah. on a on a Fact. Memphis game. Yeah. Fact. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, unfortunately, we're not able to have Noble with us to, to close out the show. He's he's got some toothaches going, and we all know how fucking annoying and painful those could be. Very. So. Um, yeah, wishing him the best. He should be, hopefully he's back with us. Well, he should be back with us next week. Um, yeah. But from Vinu, Chisom, and on behalf of Noble, thank you very much for, for joining us on this episode of Pump Fakes and Hot Takes. Vinu, do you have any last words for us as we depart? Not really, bro. I said my last words earlier. The Knicks are winning. Playoffs, baby. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for joining us, guys, and have an amazing week. <laughs>